Welcome to the Die Hard Hoops podcast, emergency bonus special edition episode. We have a lot to talk about. Taylor, yesterday we touched base on recording an episode with LeBron James breaking the NBA all-time regular season scoring mark, the record that has lasted for, oh, shoot, how long? We're talking about 30, a little over 30 years with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and LeBron broke it. And we waited for scheduling purposes. We couldn't connect yesterday. And then some other things happened. So we'll we'll talk about LeBron. We'll touch a little bit on Kyrie. We'll touch a little more on Kevin Durant. But let's uh, hit off the point of why we planned on doing an episode today. And that's LeBron James becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. There's not many records in various types of sports. that You can be like, oh, yeah, I know who's the top person in that category. It's now LeBron James. What comes to mind when you think of LeBron and you think of this scoring record? Yeah, man. I mean, it uh, as someone that appreciates the game and the history of the game as much as I do and I know that you do, this is a huge deal. And uh, it was it was interesting to watch it unfold just because we, we knew this was coming. We knew that this was going to happen um, this year. But... I mean, there were points in LeBron's career, and I was kind of one of them, where it was like, how long can he, how long can he last with, with at his size? Um, how long is he going to be effective? And for him to be playing like this in his twentieth year is definitely something that that I did not expect. I I, I could have maybe thought that he would still be around in twenty years. Uh, you look at guys like Kobe Bryant that that played for a long time, even Tim Duncan. But guys like Duncan, they were they were more limited near the end there, and they needed players like uh, Kawhi Leonard or, or Tony Parker to to help prop them up. <clears throat> That's not LeBron's story. I mean, he's he's still a top ten guy in the league and is more valuable to his team in terms of championship hopes than even a guy as talented as Anthony Davis is. And, and that's all within his 20th year. And so when I was looking at this record, I just started to, to think about his career as it spanned two decades. And he came in as this uber-athletic, strong um, player, but not necessarily a pure scorer. And, and I think it was even said recently by him that he doesn't think he's a pure scorer. Um, I don't consider him that. I think there's many players that have, have – uh, scored at higher efficiencies and, and higher clips than, than him throughout history. But he did find ways to continue to, to mold his game, shape his game, and, and continue to be effective. And it's crazy. If you go back and watch, you know, the first time that he, that he played with the Cavs when he was drafted by the Cavs in those first couple years, and then the Miami Heat years where he was at just this athletic peak that is really hard to see from anybody – there was a lot of speed in his mm -hmm. game. He was a he was a threat in the in the full court, getting out on the fast break. You you knew that to have any chance against him, you had to had to stop him on the fast break. And then there was this iteration of LeBron that came along against the the Golden State Warriors, where he you know he's still effective in the full court. He's still fast. He's still strong, but he gained some level of control over his body where it was like people would just bounce off him. He figured out how to lower his shoulder. He figured out how to how to go into the post a little bit more. He figured out how to seek out 
uh, mismatches and just abuse um, players when they were not the defender that was supposed to be on them in a way that he couldn't against, say, the Mavs in 2011. He wasn't mm-hmm. there yet. And just to watch him make some of those little changes is what all the great players do. And he has he has done that, and it's been consistency. And he has a decent enough jump shot and a decent enough uh, three-point shot that it all kind of rounded that out. And he also had the added benefit of, you know, this these last five, six years coming at a time where the NBA really changed, where it became this this more more freedom of movement, faster paced. And so that is an added benefit uh, that he had too. And so really it was just this culmination of him being able to benefit from changes in the league. But because he has stayed on top for 20 years, you only get to benefit from changes in the league if you can take care of your body as well as he has. And so that's what I think has been most impressive is that he's in year 20. He's more important to his team than a guy like Anthony Davis, who's a top four or five talent in the league when healthy. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly impressive. You're right. The game has changed throughout his career. I mean, he came in in 2003, 2004. That was a rough type of basketball that was being played in 2003, 2004, when the Spurs won it that year. Um, I want to say the Spurs won it that year. I mean, it's it was just like tough. Or no, the Pistons, I'm sorry. Pistons won it that year. Um, that gives you an example of how physical the league was. Think of those Pistons playing in today's game. Like they were just trying to beat you up. Teams were not even scoring 70 points in a game compared to the game now, which is open. There's freedom of movement. There's a lot more fouls being called to – uh, the game has spread. You know, how our players and teams have embraced the analytics and three-point shooting, the lack of post play, which opens up uh, driving lines to the basket. And for a player to be in the league for 20 years, take that good care of his body and literally have seen that drastic, that drastic difference in the style of play is crazy. And so it's a credit to him how he's been able to take care of his body. Uh, as you mentioned before, this was, he was built in a way where I was like, he's almost too big and strong to last. The other side is he's so big and strong. He could last. And you didn't know how it was going to go. Cause you see players that are, you know, just super, super gifted and talented. And sometimes their body breaks down because they're so explosive. And then you see, you know, that's, that's actually can help players. He's done an awesome job taking care of his body you know, when I think of LeBron, it's amazing. There's never been a player that's been billed at a young age, 15, 16 years old, and exceeded the hype, in my opinion. I mean, is when you think of him big picture, even outside of scoring, I don't know if there's a person in his category who's come into the league at that young. People are like, yo, he's the chosen one. Like, he's he's – amazing he's going to be awesome and then he actually was like it's it's really really impressive to look back on the past 20 years and see everything he's continued to accomplish that came to mind as well it's just you know the uh the sports illustrated cover at 17 which there's that happens every few years you know you get into money baits that's not sports illustrated at 15 or whatever and they're they're billed as 
all these things. And he is truly the, the gold standard in terms of was predicted to be an all-timer at 17 years old and ended up being an all-timer at 38 and still going. And that is, um, that is really amazing. If you think about like, you know, if I would have gave you the bet in 2003, Hey, Steven, you, you know, put a hundred bucks down on, if you think LeBron James is going to end up as a, a top five player, like the, the odds of that actually right. playing out yeah. are incredibly, incredibly slim. Mm-hmm. And he's done everything that he can uh, to, to cement his legacy. And so it's, it is very impressive just to watch that unfold over 20 years. He's an all-around player who can get buckets. I mean, so th- there's been some people, me, who are like, I don't see him as a scorer. And I'll, I'll go back to what uh, Ryan Rosillo said on his podcast. He's like, that's a compliment. He's like, you're not, you're not demeaning LeBron when you say, well, I don't really think of him as a scorer. Because – he can do everything. He can score too, right? But he, the fact that he gets so many assists, rebounds, there were points in his career where he was an elite defensive player, right? His size makes him have the ability to play multiple positions from point guard, even to center, if he chose to. And so it's okay to not necessarily think of LeBron as a scorer, even though no one has scored more baskets than them. Both can be right. Right, both can be right. You can think of LeBron James as not a scorer. You could think of LeBron James as one of the greatest scorers of all time. You're both correct. You're both correct because of his style of play, the way he plays the game. I mean, he's getting up 22.5 shots a game right now, right? Which has got to be tops in the league, I would assume. Like that's a ton of shots. This is the most shots he's ever taken throughout the course of, of a basketball season. Part of that is because the team's struggling. I think part of that is because he, you know, he wanted to get the scoring record pretty quickly in the season. And it's been just kind of weird to see him play at a high level and the team stinks so bad. You know, like there's there's two things that happen when somebody's really good towards the latter portion of their career. You have like the Kobe where body's just breaking down, right? Body's falling apart. You know, he, t- he tears his Achilles, right? He comes back in 2013, 2014, plays six games, breaks his knee, right? And it, that, I mean, that was the end, the end of the end, right? He comes back a year and a half later and he's, he's a shell of himself, right? And so you're kind of limping to the finish line. And then you have other players who are playing at a rather high level, especially given their game. But it's weird to see them playing at a high level and being on a team that stinks when I don't feel like they should stink that bad. It's it's just weird when you watch the Lakers and you're like, wait, why are they so bad? Why do they why are they not even in playoff contention? Not this year, but like the last couple of years, not even they haven't even made the playoffs. It's weird to see a player play that good. And it usually translates to winning. And then my point is like when Kobe was 37, a shell of himself, the team wasn't good. He wasn't good. They're not going to make the playoffs. But usually if you're playing at a high level, you're taking your team with you to the playoffs, right? It's been weird to see LeBron put up these numbers, but they just keep losing the whole time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're at kind 
kind of an interesting stage of basketball where, you know, guys are sitting out earlier in the season. And so, so an example, and I, I truly don't mean for this to become a hate fest, but after that missed call against the Celtics, I believe that he sat out the next game. Mm-hmm. And so you have a team that's saying, we lost this this game and this game is so important and the referees ruined it for us to then admitting that the next night a victory isn't important by sitting your best guys. And so that's like where we're at is that these guys are preserving their bodies earlier and earlier in the season, which leads to losses that shouldn't be there. Um, There's also the construction of the Lakers roster that's been super, super poor. He has something to do with that. He probably has a lot to do with that. Um, But the, the decision makers in the front office allow that to happen, allow the signing of a, of a Russell Westbrook or going back even earlier and trading away, you know, all those guys, um, the, the great role players that led to that championship in the bubble and, and trading those away for a, for a player that didn't fit. And then Anthony Davis, who is just the ultimate guy that you can't depend on. And so, Yes, they got a championship out of it, and I think that you, you most franchises take that. What's interesting about the Lakers, and that separates them from maybe any other franchise except the Celtics, is that they can take that championship that they got in the bubble. Most teams would mortgage years just to, to get a championship, and the Lakers are like, actually, um, we theoretically could have two or three more champ- chances at championships um, if we were healthier, if we'd made a couple smarter decisions. And I, I imagine that that's got to be pretty frustrating for everybody involved is, yeah, we got one, but why haven't we, we've been close since. And I think Anthony Davis is the main reason for that. It's just, it's just really interesting with the player empowerment era, how, um, you know, essentially LeBron traded, a lot of really good guys that are having a lot of success in other areas for Anthony Davis. And it paid off. It paid off. They got the championship. He was probably going to get the finals MVP. And then he had one bad game, I think out of six and LeBron stayed really consistent. So he got the MVP, which he deserved to get the MVP. He was, he was playing high level basketball the entire series, but that's how good AD was. Yeah. And then they lose in the first round, two more seasons. They haven't made the playoffs, might not make it again this year. And you look around and you're like, you know, what, what's going on? Um, you pull the Russell Westbrook trade, right? So you, you give up more of your role players for Westbrook, which we know isn't a good fit. And it's just interesting to see the reaction of fans of Twitter, where some people who are huge LeBron fans are like, you know, he's another reason why he's the goat. Other people are like, okay, this is kind of meaningless. You're not doing it on a winning team. Uh, I think it's an amazing accomplishment because of the longevity and the high level of play that it takes to do such a thing. Um, you know, a high elite all time hall of fame level player may have a 10, 12 year career playing at a high level. He's been doing it nonstop for 20 years and counting. Do you think this record, like how far can he push this record? I think, um, you know, there's a world which if Kobe had stayed healthy his last couple of years, he breaks the record. But I do think that LeBron even overtakes Kobe right. um, yeah. eventually anyway. And so, yeah, you have LeBron with 
four, five more years of probably pretty high level scoring, at least at least three or four, where he can he can put up twenty five points a game, barring injury. Um, so I don't know what the math is, but that's going to blow away the record. And then if he just decides to to hang around and just be a guy that I, I can't envision this, um, but it is possible that he could be a guy that <laughs> rounds out some some benches in the NBA for literally as long as he wants. I mean, he can be a guy that would have a roster spot for as long as he wants, mm-hmm. a guy that um, can initiate offense, that is a smart decision maker, that's big, uh, has seen every type of defense ever um and though that those th- those types of seasons while i don't think that he's gonna be that kind of guy i would suspect a retirement before he would become a bit player um it's those would just be seasons that would continue to to pad his stats and like we said with the game having changed a little bit here it becomes easier and easier for him to be able to stick around longer and longer and that was the the one thing i wanted to touch on too is that i, I don't want the changing of the game to be seen as, you know, Hey, he got this record um, only because of that. That is not the case. If you look at Kareem, I mean, he played in an era, especially at the beginning where the big man was King. And so he's getting fed the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, same thing, just getting fed the ball uh, in ways that is not the the case anymore. And so, yeah. So they had their own advantage, especially Wilt, who was going against uh, some guys that were severely overmatched. And so everybody, if you stick around long enough, it's going to find years where their the game has changed to their benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think this record, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to do the math, but he's going to far and away blow the lid off this record mm-hmm. and make it that much harder for the next person to, to attain. And I don't really see anybody in the league currently that I think is going to, to push these records. You would have thought Durant maybe a few years ago could have the possibility of doing that, but I just, I don't think so. He's already been in the league for a while and he has a tendency to get injured. Yeah, I agree with you. He could, he could put this to 45,000 plus, I think by the time it's all said and done. I mean, I think it's, he could go another, say three, four years, probably putting up 1500 points a game. So that's 6,000 right there. Let's say he's at 30, close to 39,000 by the end of the season. So now you're at 45,000 points right there. He'd be 42. 42, I think, is the how old Kareem was when he retired. Um, obviously, he wants to continue to play and mill around on, on some benches. I mean, who knows how good he's going to be? He could still be, you know, a 20 plus point per game guy, but then we have no idea. Um he could potentially push this. I don't think he'd get 50,000, but I think he'd be close. That's how crazy this is, that nobody's ever scored 40. I think LeBron could actually get close, tack on almost another 10 grand worth of points before it's all said and done because of his longevity, the style of play now that he, like he can play, He, he can score, he can get, buckets when he needs to be shooting over 50% from the field. Once again, this season, 31% from three, that's a little down from his career averages. Um, he's shooting, let's see, what does he shoot? 76% from the foul line, which is pretty good. It's above his career averages. Um, 
you know, if you're making 75 plus percent from the free throw line, is it elite? No, but it's good. It's good, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't pretty good from the foul line as well. I mean, even if you take a touch off of some of these percentages, he's still going to be a very, very high level player. I would think that Durant, he doesn't seem like he's going to have the interest to even try to play that long. As you mentioned, the uh, injury, that's not going to happen. Luca said, I can't remember what podcast Luca's like, I'm not going to play that long. <laughs> and they asked him about like, see, cause he's on pace. Like if there's one player in the league who's on pace to be in that stratosphere, it's Luca because he came in the league young, only one year older than LeBron. And he was torching the league from the beginning. Um, he's like, dude, well, there's no way I'm going to be playing for 20 years. Like, no, thanks. Um, so I do not see somebody on the horizon who's going to be able to touch that as well. And I want to give LeBron some more flowers on this because there's different arguments for, well, he went straight out of high school and, you know, that's, you know, so-and-so would have done it. It's like, yeah, but they did it. Right. And as you mentioned, the big men back then, Kareem had an advantage because it was a big man centered game. Right. So they got all the touches. If Kareem came into the game today, would he be a dominant player? Yeah, I, I think he'd probably play a lot like Giannis, to be honest with you. But the game that he played isn't going to translate. He would have to play like Giannis does in today's game. He'd be dribbling. He'd be shooting. He'd be doing all those things, except the crazy thing is he's bigger than Giannis. And I think given today's stuff, he'd be like as strong as Giannis and all that stuff, which is just crazy to think about um, a bigger version of Giannis running around doing that stuff because Kareem at that point played till he was 42 years old and it's crazy, but he played four years of college, right? So you figure if he scored 1500 points average in those four years, that would put him at around what? 44, 43, 44,000 points. But that's not how the, how it happened back then. Right. Figure what would Jordan have if Jordan came out of high school didn't retire twice. You're talking, he'd probably be 45,000 plus points pretty easily. Right. But he didn't. So this is the whole thing of you can't knock LeBron because he stayed in the league and came out of high school and did his thing at an all time high level. And other players didn't for different types of circumstances. Jordan, that was his choice to retire. He went to college because everybody at that point was going to college. That's the way it was. Kareem, same thing. Like that was the rules back then. Dude didn't even play on the varsity basketball team his freshman year in college. He was playing on the freshman team. Like things have changed. So you can't take anything away from LeBron just because the rules have, have changed, allowing you know you to be successful for a longer period of time. And I think LeBron, for me, is in one of these unique conversations and he has been it's not because he has the all-time scoring record but there's the constant goat conversation and for me when I think of the greatest player of all time I think of like who's the best when they were at their peak who was the best player for not necessarily one season but a stretch and for me as we've talked about at length it's Jordan I don't really think it's close but with LeBron and the records that he continues to accumulate, points, assists, rebounds, minutes, games played, combined with his individual accomplishments, right? 
he's he's now in the stratosphere where really it's kind of him and Kareem in their own category as far as who's had the length greatest career of all time. Is that a new category we should be talking about more? I think it could be just, you know, with the way that with the tools that players have at their disposal to be able to, um, I wouldn't say mitigate serious injury. I mean, there's no doubt that Katie was taking care of his body when he tore his Achilles. There's no doubt Kobe was taking care of his body when he tore his Achilles. Those are still kind of, uh, can't prevent those necessarily, but to be able to stay at a physical peak, so to speak for longer, there's a lot of things available to these players now. And yeah, I think that, if the player wants to, longevity is available to them. And that is because they can come into the league earlier, but can also play for longer. I mean, 15 years ago, I'm sorry, but Chris Paul's probably not still in the league. Mm-hmm. But we know that he works hard. He takes care of himself. He changes his diet. And he's still hanging around, even though he, he gets nicked up here and there. But he's just, uh, I think, an example, and there's probably quite a few more of dudes that if they make smart decisions can stick around. And those are questions that'll, you know, have to be answered over time for players like Luca, for players like a Zion, um, or for even like a Victor Wembenyama as he comes in and he is the next highly mm-hmm. t- guy that's as highly touted right. as, as LeBron James was 20 years ago. So, yeah, I think um, this could be an, an added category for sure. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting, as you mentioned, to see, if we start to see this longevity, we're seeing it on a scale for players as a whole. Chris Paul is a perfect example, right? He's not lasting as long if he was playing in the eighties and nineties or even the, even the early two thousands, um, as far as being able to finish up his career, but he's still playing. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see if there's just a bigger bucket of players that continue to stick around longer play longer and that's where things get pretty cloudy because you're going to have like I don't want to say a random person you're going to have a hall of fame player right who's going to be top five in scoring and you're going to look at it and be like wait this dude is not even a top 20 all-time player how were they able to do it well they were able to hang around for a really long time like no disrespect Carmelo Anthony for example I think he's like ninth all-time in the NBA and scoring. Don't quote me on it, but I think he's like ninth all time. No, nobody's saying like he's the ninth best player of all time or top 20 player of all time, not even, not even close. Right. And so it's, it's this new category that we're into now where there's just a bigger group of players that are able to extend their longevity. And LeBron is at the top of the list. Because one, he's got the longevity. Two, nobody's played at that high of a level, really, besides him and Kareem, honestly. In Kareem's last few years, like he was playing with Magic, he was playing with Worthy. And so he was able to kind of fit and do what was needed. I think when he was 38, he won finals MVP. Think about that. Now, I think he played for four more years, and it was just kind of slowly downhill from there, right? Um, But LeBron's 38. So it gives – like you have – we have seen some of this greatness before, 
In fact, we've only really seen it once from Kareem, right? As far as being able to put this type of longevity at a high level into a basketball career. Um, but we're going to see some of this more. And that's a little bit of my worry. This is, this is not LeBron conversation anymore. This is just like general basketball conversation where I just think, boy, what's going to happen with some of these all-time scoring records and will they matter as much? Like in 10 years, will they matter as much when Jordan's not in the top five, when Kobe's not in the top five, when all these players are getting passed up and you look back and you're like, wait, they're not even close to as good as, you know, Jordan or Kobe was, it'll be interesting. But um, so we got a couple minutes left. Hey, Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. When you heard about this thoughts. Woke up this morning, checked Twitter and saw that that trade had taken place. Um, it makes them, in my mind, the favorite in the West. And the reason why I think that they're the favorite is because you have Devin Booker on the team, and obviously you have Chris Paul as well. But Durant provides this safeguard for if Chris Paul gets injured in the playoffs uh, in a whole new way. Like, Chris Paul at his peak could get his team any shot at any point. He could break down a defense and get a quality look for his teammates. He doesn't do that as effectively anymore, but with this team, he won't have to. Booker, and at, a, at a certain level, at a very high level, can get a shot anytime he wants, and then Durant can get a shot at any time he wants as well, but at an even higher, it's a higher quality look just because he's seven feet tall. And so this whole this whole new construction of the Phoenix Suns, it really, it changes everything, not just for them, but for the whole Western Conference, for the whole league. I think that they're definitely the favorites in the West. I'm picking them, you know, over a, a Nuggets team. That's the number one seed. I still really like the Warriors and what they can offer when healthy in the playoffs. We know that they just dial in. Draymond becomes a different guy. Clay has really been showing out lately. And you hope that Poole has come along get healthy. Uh, in a in a different way, but they just have to have to get healthy. And so I think that Phoenix is the favorite. I'd probably put the um the Warriors after them. And I would I would love to see see a matchup like that. Hmm. Talk about a mid-range team. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, masters of the mid-range. And so that in itself is very, very unique. I think one of the reasons why they're my favorite to win it all. If they're healthy, they're my favorite to win it all. Um, and the thing that separates this team from a lot of teams that put high level players together is the fact that all three of those guys can spot shoot. And two of those three guys can come off of off wall screens and pull it basically on the run and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So you can mix and match all these pieces right? They can play off of each other well. It's not like a Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Harden, Luka, trying to think of other types of players that would be in this category of they're not going to spot up, catch and shoot, quick release, knock the shot down. These three guys can all do that, right? So it makes it extremely difficult for anybody to be able to match up with them because you got to pay so much attention. You got to hug them off the ball Instead of, okay, they got the ball, they're going to dribble it 10 times, and then they're going to shoot it. So that piece is really interesting. That's why, you know, I would put him as the favorite outside of the fact that Durant is just, he's just that good. And if he's healthy with those guys and they barely gave up anything, they're going to be a high level team. Um, 
Anything you want to mention on that and then touch a little bit on your thoughts with Kyrie Irving going to Dallas? I think we covered it on Phoenix. I mean, this is a, a super high ceiling, probably the highest ceiling of the of the whole league. And in some ways, maybe it'll mirror a little bit of what the Warriors had at one time with with um, Paul being the, the Steph Curry, although he obviously doesn't shoot it in the same way. And then um, Booker being maybe a little bit of a clay variation, but can do probably more off the dribble and then Durant being Durant. Um, the Kyrie stuff, it's more of, for me, just kind of an entertainment factor of like, you know, here this guy goes again <laughs> yeah. to another team. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do kind of wish the best for Luca. I don't necessarily – well, I, I definitely don't root for Kyrie, uh, but I, I like Luca, And so if this puts Luca in a position to, to succeed, then I guess overall I'm pretty happy with it. And it just makes the West that much more fun. I mean, these playoffs I, – I think I've said it every year for the last four years, but th- these playoffs are going to be – all timers, I think, mm. just the level of talent that's in every series. I think we need to still weed out a couple of teams. Even though I like Lillard, I think if we can get the Blazers kind of out of the playoffs and even throw a Lakers up there instead, it's just going to make these playoffs um, that much more fun. So, Mavericks, kind of interesting, but I'm I'm not a Kyrie guy. I think that he's uh, really, really deeply out of touch, and uh, this could be an opportunity for him to redeem himself or just blow it up again. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, going to be must-see TV because of the talent that he is, the dynamic that he brings. Also, he's a guy that can play off the ball and catch and shoot, which is really good um, to play with Luca. But I think the place is going down. Like, Dallas is going to be torched. Like, I just don't trust at any place that Kyrie's been. They've basically been better off when he's left. So um, I think we're going to see some of that. But Tay, we got to go. Our time's running out. Thank you guys for listening to Die Hard Hoops podcast. Get after today. Peace.